Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary? Happy anniversary. Of what? That is the question. Well, people out there need to know that although we normally record the podcast on on Tuesday, Tuesday, we're doing it on Monday because on Tuesday of this week, you are departing for for the U.S.-Mexico border. Tomorrow's the day. Yes. But today's the anniversary. Of? Today is March 11th. What happened five months ago today? Oh, the dedication of the church. Yes. It's our five-month anniversary. Five-month. Actually, that's a misnomer because anniversary comes from anos, which means year. Year. But it's five-twelfths of an anniversary. What did you get me? Uh, I'm going to let you stay on staff. (laughs) Oh, so kind of you. Yeah. Thank you. But, you know, I think about those five months. We've had 12 funerals, Mm -hmm. four weddings, one quinceanera. Christmas, yes. Advent, reconciliation services, several. Yeah, we've had Stations of the Cross. Now, as of last week, that was beautiful. So we are really taking possession of the building. Yeah, and it's all going to come to this beautiful culmination in a few weeks for the Triduum. The Triduum, all yeah. three days. Yeah, it's going to be the best part of the year. Yes, it is. And uh, what I like is, I. I'm starting to see people sit at regular places. They are finding their spot. I have pretty much stayed in the same spot the whole time. I'm glad you've noticed. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are there. Yes. Oh, oh, over there. Over there. Although when I preach, sometimes you're sitting with Claire and the girls, and sometimes you're sitting with the other musicians. Just depends so on you, who's you at move, mass. You move a little bit. Yeah, I can actually, I'll sit with anybody during the homily. So if anybody needs a friend to sit with, just come and find me. <laughs> and you know where you can find it. Anyway, <laughs> we are already at the second Sunday of Lent. We are. How many Sundays are there? There are, well, five Sundays of Lent plus Palm Sunday. Which is six. Six. It's just weird to call it the sixth Sunday of And Lent. I don't call it Palm Sunday anymore. Passion Sunday. Passion Sunday. It's actually called Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. I know, and that doesn't make any sense. I don't disagree with that. But, yeah. Okay, we're not here to make sense. We're just here to talk. We're here to make dollars. <laughs> oh, no. We never said welcome. Oh, hello, everybody. My name is Father Herb Weber. Welcome to Podcast 23. And I'm Michael Puppis, and this is the 23 Podcast. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, second Sunday of Lent, and uh, as Father said, my I'm with Sister Ann Mary. We're leaving tomorrow to go down to McAllen. We're really excited. I'm sure I will have some stories to share on next week's podcast. Okay, are you going to have any time to send back photos or... Anything? Of course, we will send back photos. Yeah, yeah, we'll post. And I can just see media. sister saying, "Come on, Michael, get back to work. Stop playing with uh, the your your smartphone." <laughs> I'm evangelizing through social media. Yeah, it's part of my job. Actually, even yesterday, somebody stopped me and said, "Just loved following the pictures that were posted when our group was oh, in of Guatemala." I mean, it, it's no question. Social media and the internet allows us allows people to experience things alongside of those that are there. Yeah. I mean, that that is one of the the pluses of the social media, the digital age that we live in. So yeah, we'll be definitely sharing some stuff throughout the week. So okay. watch for that. Okay. Let's talk about the second Sunday of Lent. The first Sunday of Lent we just had is always about Jesus going out into the desert and the temptations. Dun, dun, dun. Here come the temps. Okay. Remember the temptations? Well, I don't remember them, but I know them. Yeah, from... Yeah. 
uh, Motown. I, I love Motown music. They, they're, they're among the best. I, I mean, love. music today really doesn't hold a candle to some of the the better Now, genre. you're speaking the way I would say that. I didn't know that somebody your age would say that. Oh, I feel that way. I feel like a lot of the music today has just become really over-processed, over-produced. Oh, that's uh, been my criticism as well. Yeah. I can't believe you and I are agreeing on something. We agree on a lot of things. One, we, we, love, we, G- like, we love Jesus we and love we Jesus. like John the 23rd. <laughs> we love St. John the 23rd. We um, we love each other. Yeah. So that's good. See, yeah. look look at all okay, these commonalities well, we have. Let's quit right now. <laughs> okay, the second Sunday of Lent is always the Transfiguration. Now, go back about 11 years ago. I was working at Blessed John the 23rd. And where did we have Saturday Mass those first three years before at, we had a parish life center? At Christ Lutheran Church in Dowling. Yes, and they did not have a Saturday evening service, so we would borrow the church right. on Saturday evenings, and I would come in there at about 3 o'clock, 3.30. You came a little bit after that. Yeah. But the first thing I would do is I would set up for Mass by taking down some of the things they had already set up for Sunday service, one of which is their lectionary. So they would have the lectionary open to the correct page, uh-huh. and I would simply gently move it aside and then put our own lectionary. Uh-huh. And the Lutherans have the what's called the common lectionary, which is shared with a lot of Protestant churches. And for the most part, it's the same as the Roman Catholic uh, lectionary. In terms of the cycle? The cycles of readings, the three-year cycle, and probably about 49 to 50 weeks a year, the exact same reading. Okay. But one of the readings that was different was the second Sunday of Lent. We have Transfiguration Sunday. It's the Sunday of the second Sunday of Lent when we talk about Jesus going up to the high mountain. In the Lutheran Church, mm-hmm. that was always the Sunday before Lent began, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. Is there is there not an actual like feast of the the transfiguration there is and that's on the calendar according to dates got it see there's two calendars there's the the liturgical calendar of like the seasons advent lent christmas right. easter ordinary time it's but august the second, 6th yeah there's a second calendar which is based on dates and that's august 6th yeah tuesday august 6th so sometimes like a year or two ago august 6th was also on a sunday so, so that superseded the correct because it was ordinary time right well, be that as it may, the Lutherans did it, did the Transfiguration right before Lent started. We do the Transfiguration early in Lent. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I think the purpose is the same. Even as we enter a penitential right uh, season, mm-hmm. even as we are preparing for the crucifixion and death of Jesus, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're going to tell you how the story ends. We know in advance. Sure the glory. So we have this passage where Jesus goes up the mountain and it is so clear that those three apostles had no idea what this was about. It was complete confusion. And it was only after the resurrection that, Oh, now we sort of get it. Well, this was one of those readings, you know, as I was talking about this whole idea of God being bigger than we think, you know, the bigger than I thought, this was one of those really clear examples where, man, they really thought they knew what they were going to do. But they really didn't. Well, think about it. You go up a mountain to pray. Now, that in itself was not totally unheard of. Going to mountains, mountains were always considered places where you are close to God. I do it on a regular basis here. Yeah, in all those mountains Ohio. in Wood County. Yeah. There's a hill in Bowling Green. Bill's Hill? On the golf course? Yeah. 
That's where I do they, most they, of my they, praying. They, they called that Bill's Hill because William T. Jerome was the president of BGSU oh. when, when they built that. You know, I didn't know that as an as so, an alum. Yeah. Well, he was president when I was a student there. Oh, I know the library. And that was built when I was a student there. Oh. So and, the, and the football stadium. Oh, really? I was at the very first game. But we're really digressing, aren't we? Would okay. we ever? <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about going up a mountain. Have you ever, seriously, have you ever gone up a mountain to pray? Uh, not to pray. I have been uh, up mountains before. I One of the um, most vivid memories of being up a mountain, I can remember when I was in the men's chorus at BG, and we traveled out to Colorado. Oh, yes. Did you go up Pikes Peak or one of the other No, ones? I did... Um, I stayed at a homestay, and I remember I woke up one. It was dark when we got there after the concert one night, and I woke up in the morning with these complete strangers. They just took us into their houses for a night, and I was standing in their kitchen, and I looked out right the, right out their kitchen window over the sink, and Pike's Peak was perfectly framed between a couple of trees right outside their window. That's probably why they built the way they built. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, but also, I remember very vividly being up in Breckenridge. Oh, yes. Uh, and just the altitude up there. Uh, and the sights around it were absolutely beautiful. Uh, and both coming up and going down, you know, that, you know, coming, I mean, we were in a car, so we weren't hiking or anything like that, but coming up and down, I mean, just the steep altitude changes that you're driving are yeah. pretty incredible. And it's very hard to catch your breath when you're up really high. You know what else is hard to do when you're up really high? Sing. Sing. Yeah, because you're used to being able to get a little more do, air here Do you in know Ohio. That, that opening scene of The Sound of Music? When she's up in the mountains, yeah. Julie Andrews, mm -hmm. and she turns around and she starts singing. Uh, the hills are alive. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Uh -huh. And then she goes running and then she does that. I tried that once in the mountains. Well, first of all, I'm not a good singer anyway. I'm not a Julie Andrews. <laughs> I, I'm really picturing you being Julie. Yeah. No, I was just trying. I, I, I was much, much younger. Yeah. But I thought, I wonder what it's like to run and sing and you can't catch your breath. No, yeah, I don't. That's like all these. So I just lip synced it. All, all these pop stars today. I don't know how they dance and sing. Well, most of them are lip syncing, probably. They're not yeah. really singing and dancing. But again, we digress. So we're back in the mountains, and mountains are places to commune with God. So the apostles knew that. But they fell asleep. <laughs> Been there. And which three apostles do we have? Peter, John, and James. Yep. And they've been with Jesus from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Peter, John, and James are the same three that end up with Jesus in the agony in the garden. And Jesus goes over to pray. And what do they do then? Fall they asleep. fall asleep. They're, these There's guys a needed a cup there. of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were overwhelmed. You know, it's a, have you ever seen somebody at a very, very holy, very significant time start yawning? And you think, how? Oh, how inappropriate. That's how I feel generally during your homily. Well, <laughs> you're digressing once again. Uh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. And because you yawn for lack of oxygen, and sometimes lack of oxygen happens when you are really keyed up. When when you're really keyed up? Yeah, when you're really excited, you lose. You need more oxygen. Oh, I've never heard that so expression. You never To be keyed you, up. Well, see if you can use it in a uh, sentence on the plane tomorrow. I'm keyed up to go to Texas. Okay, exactly it. So when you're really keyed up, now they don't say y'all in Texas. They do say y'all in Texas. No, they say uh, Buenos Aires, Buenos Dias. Well, the <laughs> the Spanish speakers <laughs> well, do. Well, that's where you're going to be in McAllen. Oh, I got to keep working on my Spanish. Okay. Yeah, you. we're digressing. 
<laughs> we're not going to get to anything today. So, okay. So, so we're really excited. So they're very excited, but I think they're also overwhelmed. It's like too much. Yeah. Overstimulated. And so they fall asleep. It's not that they're bored or disinterested. Yeah. It's just too much for them. See, I have the, I personally have the opposite. If I'm like really excited or something is weighing on me in a good or bad way, I can't sleep because my mind is going a mile a minute. Well, I think that's true for many people, but there'll be the opposite. Sometime, you know, you're, you might even be in the waiting room mm-hmm. for something and you fall asleep. I, I think I have a few decades to go before I hit there. No, oh, yeah, I can I can fall asleep <laughs> on command. Don't don't fall asleep while we're recording the show. Today. Did I tell you I had a dream where I I woke up in my dream? Yes. And when I woke up in my dream, I was standing in front of the altar giving a homily. Yes. Isn't that scary? You did. <laughs> you and, did. And I thought, was I standing here sleeping in front of all these people during my own homily? So in the dream, when I woke up, I quickly finished the homily and sat down and went on with mass. And afterwards, nobody said a word about it. So I figured either I, it was just one split second that I was asleep or they were so used to it. That they, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even notice any different. Luckily, you're a good homilist. Or, so or, we may, can... or maybe they were all sleeping as well. Yeah. <laughs> Did they even wake up? I don't know. But it was all in my dream. Every, you know, you always tell me everything in your dream is a reflection of yourself in well, some way. It's an anxiety dream. Like yeah. I'm going to do something stupid during a homily. You won't. Don't worry. I hope. You're good at what you do. So... So they're up at the mountain, and the other thing people do when they're just out of their comfort zone is they say stupid things. Yes. And what is the stupid thing that Peter says right here? He says, it's good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Yes, three tents. It's almost like, this is so cool, Lord. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything, but make three tents. Uh, one of the commentators that I read said what they what he was basically saying is, this is so cool, let's stay here. And just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Have you ever had that experience where you had a beautiful day on a vacation or a day off? Of course. And a beautiful day, everything went right, everybody yeah. was in good spirits, and you say, why can't we stay here forever? Why do you think we take so many pictures and videos with our phones? Maybe that's what Peter would say nowadays. It's because we want to remember. It, it's good that we're here. Why don't you guys pose so I can post it? <laughs> <laughs> On Jesus Graham. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, we want to be able to capture that, those moments. Just the other day, I was uh, going through some old photos and videos. Mm-hmm. And by old, I mean just a few years. But it was fun to go back and see. And the, my girls loved it just as much as I did, watching old videos or just seeing pictures from previous vacations or Christmas or... Um, and then of course, in some of the photos, my dad was in them when he was still alive. Oh yeah. So, you know, seeing the memories of those that you love. And so I think in some ways here with Peter, it's kind of the same thing, you know, Moses and Elijah being the prophets that they love and they knew it was like, all right, let's capture this moment. People get so caught up in details. Like how did they know it was Moses? How did they know it was Elijah? They read their name tags. (laughs) Was that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Easy. No, but that's not the point. It was it was just clear that they were the the apostles knew they were in something sacred. They knew it was something positive. Yeah. I think the putting up the tents is also a way of saying, Jesus, let's stay here and and not go on to Jerusalem. 
because in Luke's gospel, everything leads to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. This is already uh, chapter 9, which is that whole middle, middle section of, of Luke's gospel where it's a, a turning point. Mm-hmm. They're heading to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem basically means what? Death. Death. It means the, the moment of truth, the, the crucifixion, the death, and of course the resurrection, but they didn't quite get all that. No, how could they? So, so it was just like, Jesus had already said he was. Hey, we're going to go on. If you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross. The mm-hmm. Son of Man's going to die. He's going to be handed over. So they're basically saying, "No, let's put down the tents here." And what I find myself tempted with is to be a settler. Hmm. You know, it's easy to settle. Let's just stay where we were. And how many times have we talked in about in the brief history of this parish that we are pilgrims, not settlers? Sure. We move on. Mm-hmm. And so we started at the high school. And then we expanded to uh, Christ Lutheran Church on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we expanded to two masses on Sunday morning at the high school. And then we expanded to the Parish Life Center. And then we expanded to three masses on Sunday. Yeah, And every single time we made a move, somebody said, this is going to be hard. We're going to ruin what we have. Yeah. People resist change. And then we moved from the Parish Life Center to the church. And not only to a completely different space, a different layout of the building, but also a different mass schedule. It's almost as if we're trying to upset people, <laughs> jar them out of their complacency. Yeah, you should really know, those of you listening, we sit in staff meetings going, okay, how can we make people the most angry this weekend? Right. That- <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all, it's all part of you know the progression and the growth of the parish, but truly I would hope that we can look back and say over these 14 years has also been under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. All yeah, the way. I think it's, we're being called to something and we felt very compelled, for example, to have a, a Sunday evening mass Yeah, and, and Sunday morning, the guideline, most people don't know this guidelines say you should not have a mass when less than 50% of the church is full. Right. And so We don't have a mass just because of a convenient schedule. Like there's always the early risers or there's always the late people. You simply can't do that. It has to be a time when the congregation, the assembly comes in big numbers Mm -hmm. uh, to be uh, fully present. Sure. The communal celebration. Yeah. And I know some people got hurt in the process because they are early risers and they don't know. Some people still haven't figured out where they fit in. And I apologize for that. Sure. But I don't apologize for us having moved on because I think moving on is part of our faith. Yeah. And truthfully, it will change again someday. Yeah. You know, this isn't set in stone. So in terms of, I know light is a significant image of the transfiguration as well. Dazzling white. Um, What does... Maybe what does light have to do with us kind of journeying through the desert during Lent? What, why is that image important? Go back to your favorite, the psalm. I do like the psalm. Psalm 27. By the way, this is the one that I want sung at my funeral. Well, we're not going to be doing that for the a soon, very long The sooner time. the better. Right? No, oh, just, uh, I, I would never say that. Okay. Or the, think it. The Lord is my light <laughs> and my salvation. Uh, which version are we singing? Uh, I'm not here this weekend. I know, but which version are we singing? <laughs> We're singing the version out of the the weekly resource we've been using. I don't know who wrote it. I think Curtis Stephen. 
I'm not sure. Can you can you hum a few bars? No, I didn't practice it. I'm not here this weekend. So you know you don't even pay attention to it? No, I I recorded it. I gave it to the ensemble. Parker has it for the weekend. It's going to be great. The Lord is my light and my salvation. No, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> I can pull it up, but No, okay. So I just thought it would be kind of fun. You're really putting me on the spot here. Well, touche. <laughs> okay, so the Lord is my light and my salvation. Light is always a sign of God. Nothing good ha- happens in darkness in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's always in light, the, and the Lord is the source of light. Have you ever looked at it, one of the great paintings, like one of the masters, the European masters? They always say, what's the source of the light? Mm. And sometimes you'll, you'll see, like, well, it's not where the sun is shining. Sometimes the, the light, especially with religious works, the light in the in the painting emanates from the face of Jesus, mm. and there might be shadows, but it's all like, what is the source of light in your life? That's a great question, just to kind of sit on this week. Yeah, well, in this case, the light came from Jesus. Well, right, but also in terms of like during Lent, we're not called just to kind of do this alone. That. Again, kind of how we talked about through the history of the parish, we've been guided by the Holy Spirit. Hopefully that we are chasing Jesus as the light throughout this Lenten journey and not just relying on ourselves to get through it, but relying on him and one another that we do this together. So we're chasing Jesus. I like that phrase. You can use it this weekend. I won't be here to steal. I I usually think about following Jesus. Well, I don't think Jesus runs on without us necessarily. but. Okay, bo- boys, girls, we're going out for a, a, a little, a <laughs> a little ten, run. T- ten gay run, and I'll lead the way. Jesus would be a marathon runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he probably is. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this week. I hope everyone has a great second Sunday of Lent. And we will be back again next week. Yeah, prayers for all from Texas, and uh, we'll be back next week with some stories. Okay, take care. <laughs>